This is the St. Marianne Cope Parish Podcast. Thanks for joining us. St. Marianne Cope Parish is the community of Catholic believers from Lakeland and Solvay, New York, located in Syracuse. Our podcast is here to help encourage and edify you in your faith. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing, but Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One day when discussing religion with a friend of mine who has, in a sense, left the church, but not really. He's kind of floundering with his faith. And he said to me one day, well, you know, the trouble with the Catholic Church is that there are too many rules and regulations. And I said to him, like, what are you talking about? What rules and regulations specifically bother you? And he said, well, you know, like the Ten Commandments, you can't do this and you can't do that. It was a perfect opportunity for me to explain to him that God did not give the Jewish people the Ten Commandments to put restrictions on them, 
but he gave them the Ten Commandments as a recipe for happiness. I kind of think of it like a recipe for a cake. If you follow the recipe, the chances of that cake turning out well are very, very high. In fact, normally if you follow the directions, directions that have been tried and tested and known to be successful, it will work. And the cake will rise and the cake will be light and fluffy and the cake will be good to your taste. The Ten Commandments are like a recipe. A recipe for what makes people experience happiness. What allows them not to put roadblocks in the way of happiness. Because, you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. We do things and then we don't always realize how what we do is a prescription for disaster rather than happiness. When God gave the Jewish people the Ten Commandments, he gave them a prescription for a friendship with him. And you know, if you have a good friend and you experience happiness with that good friend, you know that you have to be a friend in return. As the saying goes, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. So it has to go both ways. Well, of course, we don't doubt God's offer of friendship. We don't doubt God's desire that we be saved because we know it. He has revealed this to us and he keeps inviting us into this relationship, but we have to return the relationship. God offers the grace of friendship and we have to return that friendship, that presence from ourselves, that presence that comes from giving of our whole life, our whole being to God in return for his grace. And so the first three commandments, if we follow them, are that perfect recipe for a friendship and what is contained in a friendship and what a friendship must do. So, if you look at it that way, the way that it was given to us, then the first three commandments restrict nothing in your life. Nothing. But rather, give you the freedom to be a friend of the living God. And then, commandments four through 10, are a prescription for living with one another. You know, I so often become sad when I hear stories of the things that people do to one another and the things that people say about one another and the hurt that is caused from doing and saying things 
that demean another human person. Well, commandments four through 10 are not restrictions, but rather prescriptions so that we don't demean another person, so that we don't put down what God has created. Because remember, when God created you and me, he looked at us and he verified that we are good. He created us to be good. He created us in his image and likeness. Therefore, God doesn't want us to do anything to harm one another. You know, we all talk about rights and we all talk about a person's right to this or that. Well, God thinks of the fact that he has given us the right to life. He has given us the right to save our souls. He has given us the right in freedom to choose him over the world and its enemies. Therefore, in obedience to the commandments, we are obedient to a friendship with God and a respect and reverence for what he has created. The Lenten season is always an invitation to sharpen up your perception of how well you do that. How well are you in relationship, in friendship to God? How good a friend are you in return to him? Are you a good friend or are you a passive friend? Or are you a passive aggressive friend? Because many people are passive aggressive. So what kind of a friend are you? And if you're not such a good friend, well, now's the time to change that. Now's the time to relax some of your own anxieties about yourself, some of your own preoccupations with yourself. As I used to tell another friend of mine, hey, Rick, it's not about you. And he would always smile at me and he would say, you're right, Joe, it's not about me. And we would kind of laugh about it, but we were saying something very profound to one another. We were sharing a profound reality of what it means to love God and to love those around us out of respect for what God has created. And then in obedience to the commandments about relationships with other people, we, we see in them a profound love for what God has created. We see a profound giving all that we can in respect for another person's desire to find happiness and love and fulfillment. And of course, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, everything that was revealed to the Jewish people. And God revealed himself to the Jewish people so that he could tell them that he loved them. He created them and he wanted them to know he loved them. And so he revealed himself to them. 
I very often will tell little seven-year-olds in the confessional for the first time, whenever you do something to help or to improve someone else's life, you're also saying to God, I love you. Because that's why Jesus came to die for us, to say, I love you, but not just to say, I love you, but to lift us up and prove it. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross is proof of God's love. Who would send his son to die for you? Who except God himself who loved you that much? And so, brothers and sisters, think about the Ten Commandments this week, not as a prescription for restricting your life, but as a prescription, as a recipe for finding happiness, that perfect cake that raises high and fluffy and tastes so good. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Taste and see how good he is when your friendship is strong and your desire to please him overflows in charity, justice, and peace with one another. Thanks for joining us on the St. Marian Cope Parish Podcast. If you have questions about St. Marian Cope Parish, our locations, or any of our ministries, visit us online at stmariancope.org.